Could you please lift it up and say, this is my Bible. It is the word of God. I'll become what it says I can become. I'll go where it says I can go. I'll achieve what it says I can achieve. Slap your chest and say, I am a believer. You can do it again. Say, I am a believer. If the Bible is yours, could you please turn to the book of St. Mark's Gospel. The book of Mark, chapter number 12. The 12th chapter of the book of Mark. The Action Man. In Mark's Gospel, chapter number 12, from the verse number 28, there you find these words. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength this is the first commandment let us pray heavenly father we know that the grass will wither the flower will fade we are so sure that your word will abide forever please give us a word that works anoint these lips of clay O oh god making an instrument of a blessing to somebody's life to the end our voices shall be lifted in praise in jesus name amen uh, before you take your seats, I want you to look for three people and ask them, do you love him enough? I want you to look for three people and ask them, do you love him enough? If you've done that, you may please sit comfortably. Anytime uh, you want to talk about the stories and the things of love, I believe there are so many things you can share. Most of you have written love letters all your lives. You've done so many wonderful things, especially those of you who were in the old school, the pre-internet era, where you were not sending emails and WhatsApp. When you take your pen and write, I am standing on top of the mountain, beholding the colors of the rainbow, writing to you, pouring my heart out profusely in love. When you begin to exercise um, the literature that you've learned through love to other people. Is there anybody who ever wrote a love letter to somebody before? Somebody who, I know that this place everybody is candid. There are no fake people. But no matter how fake you are, could you please be genuine for once? How many of you? <laughs> How many of you have ever written a love letter before? You've written something, love, love letter. You were, those of you were in the boys' school, you were writing to the girls' school. Those of you in the girls' school, when they come and they are saying that letters have come and they are mentioning the names of people who have letters, you are in anticipation of a letter. And if the letter doesn't come from the guy you were expecting to send you the letter, even though you receive letters, you are still not satisfied. And you can even go to the extent of asking them, are these all the letters that came this weekend? Because you are in expectation of other things. Is there anybody in this place who ever wrote a love letter to somebody and you wanted them to know you go to any extent to let them know how you love them? 
Um, I, I was reading um, the story of somebody, the longest love letter that, has, that was ever written. It was written by a French, and that's why they say the French are very romantic people. It was written by a French in 1875, and in that letter he said, I love you 1,875 times. In that letter, still I love you. Any letter, I love you 1,875 times. Maybe to also let us know that it was in 1875. So if it's 1875, then it has to write um, that same. I mean, it, people have written love letters. It will amaze you that sometimes if your kids were to find out what you were writing, and now you tell them that they shouldn't test people, they will be amazed at what you are doing. They're, the apparent hypocrisy will be very telling in, in that. But in the context of Mark chapter number 12, because we want to go straight into the test, some of us, all of us know what love is. All of us have written it before. If you don't even know it, you've heard about it. You've heard tales, not from La Superdora or the, all the things that you, they act on, on, on TV, the bold and the beautiful and all of that. But... Um, you have heard it before, you've seen it before, you've experienced it before. Somebody, have, somebody has told you of their love tales before and you know what love is and what you think is not. In the context of Mass Gospel chapter number 12, the Bible talks about um, the scribes coming to Jesus. Please understand the context of Mark chapter 12 because it is right in the middle. It should have happened on a Wednesday, right in the middle between the time that he had the triumphant entry and the period of crucifixion. Jesus had been hailed by them that this is the Messiah, the King. This is our expected King. Now, in the book of Mark chapter number 12, Jesus um, was facing the hypocrisy and the anger of, of the people um, who were the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they thought that his popularity was growing. They couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle why everybody was deferring to Christ. He was becoming strong. He was becoming popular. They were losing um, their economic hold on the city because the people were not going to them for solutions anymore. And Jesus had gone to the temple prior to this very time and had chased out the people who were um, selling in the church. He said unto them that this shall be called a house of prayer, not a den of thieves. He said that to them because he saw that the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees are turning um, what he had labored for, what the Lord wants, they are turning downside up. It's all amazing to know that in our time and age still, the gospel has been turned downside up and is being used not just as a place where the integrity of the cross or the Christ or the King of Kings is upheld, but a place where people are still merchandising. It will amaze you to know that still in our times, people still sell in the house of God. They still buy in the house of God because we have not caught the revelation that you cannot love God and be in a service and still want to be in a place where you take advantage of the poor and the vulnerable. God wants us to understand that his house is a place, a place, a place of prayer. Now Jesus went there and he chased them out because obviously he wanted to establish the right protocols in the house of God. The people were angry. They had come to him. They had asked him, should we pay um, um, taxes or we shouldn't? Jesus said, bring me the coin. Bring me the currency you have. Whose heads are on these? They said, Caesar. And on the other side, they said, this is God. Okay, so give unto God 
God what is God uh, and give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Jesus began to answer them because at every time they wanted to put him in trouble. They wanted to get corner him such that he will not be able to turn the people against him. That was what they were doing. They wanted the people to turn against him because he, they were protecting and promoting the laws and the principles of Moses. And Jesus was also saying to them that there are things that are bigger than the laws that you had. And if the, 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 if the law came through Moses, salvation and grace is coming through me. And so they couldn't handle that. And the Bible says that after they had conversed amongst themselves, if you read it very well, the chapter number 12, the verse number 28, the Bible says that, and one of the scribes came in, and having heard them reasoning together, they sat down and they said to themselves, how do we corner this guy? How do we get him there? How do, we, how do we make sure that he doesn't come out of this one? How do we um, punish him? How do we um, incarcerate him? How do we kill him? How do we get him out? We have to turn the people against him. And the Bible says that they went to Jesus and they said unto Jesus, Jesus, we know that you are a good teacher. You know the law. And it is very difficult for everybody any one person to know all the laws, even though you are a scribe, because the laws were 613 laws, 613, but there were 10. The Decalogues are what we are used to, the Ten Commandments. In the book of Exodus chapter number 20, you'll find the Ten Commandments there. But they had come to Jesus and they said to Jesus, Jesus, we know that you are a great teacher, you know the law, you know everything about our faith, everything that we are supposed to do, you know it. You've even said that before Abraham was, you were, and so you know everything. Which of the laws is the first of all, which is the most important law. There are 613, 10 are statutory, but which of them is the most important of all? Jesus said, the first, the premier, the most important law is here, O Israel, is to love the Lord your God. Jesus was trying to tell them that, well, you have heard that you shall have no graven image. You shall make no graven image. You shall have no other gods beside me. You shall not worship or bow down to any. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. And I visit the iniquities of the fathers upon the third and fourth generation. And I punish those who hate me. Exodus chapter number 20 is where I am reading from. And, and so they knew that this was the law. Jesus also knew that this is what they wanted to hear. Jesus looked at them and said, all the things you have heard all the things you have read before all the things you have been taught all the things that you have gotten yourself acquainted with the most important one is to love the Lord your God and it is important that Jesus said that because there is nothing that a child of God can do that will please God that is done outside the parameters of love. If you don't love God, you cannot please him. If you don't love God, you wouldn't want to do things that will make him proud or glad or excited. Of course, those of you who have written love letters before and those of you who have ever loved before, do not look at your neighbor, look at me. Those of you who have ever loved people before, you've loved somebody and you will do things to ensure that you don't hurt the person, the person is not offended, the person um, is excited about you. And that is what Jesus was talking about. He said that you shall love the Lord your God. If you love the Lord your God, then you get yourself in a place where you want to do things that will excite him. That will make him happy. And you begin to wonder, why is he saying that? Uh, he went on to explain the dimensions and what should be used in loving him. But the first thing about love is that love has an obsessive quality. To love somebody means that you are almost obsessed about the person. 
To love somebody means that you enjoy the presence of the person. To love somebody means that if the person even comes to visit you and the person is going, you don't want to go. Like those of you who fall in love with people. And when they call you and they say good night, you say good night. And still you are holding on and you tell the person, but hang up. He said, but you also hang up. Oh, yeah. Oh, hang up. Oh, good night. Good night. Oh, why? Are you not hanging up? Are you also, you can hang up. Hang up. No, I can't hang up. Me too, I can't hang up. We are, we are all on it. So, so if one person sleeps, then... So, you don't even want the person to go. Even when the person is sleepy, you still want to ensure that the person is sleeping at the expense of your credit. When you love, you enjoy the presence of the one you love. When you meet them, you don't want them to go. In fact, I know that people can escort. Escort. And when they hit their point of return, the other person escorts. And when they hit the other point, the other person so stand and converse. The obvious reason is he doesn't want her to go. Here we are. We claim we are lovers of God. We love God. We go to church. And yet even when service passes by five minutes, we have a problem. Not a time where we are even conversing. A time that worship is lifted. You are wondering but the songs are too much. Because we don't love God. We find problems. With everything that relates to him. When you love something. Or when you love somebody. Even the flaws of the person are hidden. The person. Oh, I love this lady. Oh he's too, she's too short. Well, yeah, I love her. She is rude, but I like it. <laughs> She's rude, okay. Rude to you. She's never been rude to me before. Why do you want me to treat her the way she treats you? Because she treats me differently. When you love somebody, even their flaws, you cover them. You will cover them. When somebody brings something against that person, you stand to fight and defend the person. Do you know how many people have risen against their own families because of their loved one? That the same mother, the same father who brought them into this world, that mother, that father says that I don't want you to get married to this man, to this woman. Well, you are not the one going into that marriage. Well, you can say that you have disowned me. That's fine. I'm in love. And you should consider my happiness. That's what you say. He's not considering my happiness. My happiness is not paramount to him. That's why daddy is not supporting. And if you have a weak mom who will not converse with the father, uh, you don't mind your father. You will still marry that man. Don't mind. Because maybe your father has seen something, but you don't even want to know. You don't want to listen to the voice of reasoning. Why? Because you don't want that thing to happen. You don't want to lose. 
So you stand to defend the man. When they bring tribal um, lines and say that because he's from this tribe, you come very well, but you said you are a Christian. And is there tribalism in Christianity? Well, then, then you, you, you try to push the religious card. Oh, but he is this. He's a lazy man. Well, I can make him. He doesn't love to work. He doesn't want to work. He wants to sit, sit at home. Yes, but, but uh, we have been conversing. We have been talking about a new business that he's starting up. He, a lot of things are in the pipeline. Meanwhile, you know that nothing is even in the vessel. But because you love the person, you always build a defense, an argument for him. It's the same thing. We claim we love God. And we can't even build defenses for God. You go to your workplace and people are rubbishing Christianity, rubbishing the existence, the essence of God, and you keep quiet and you just laugh. Meanwhile, if they had brought something against your mother, your father, your wife, or your, your husband, or your child, you have risen up to defend. Where is our love for this God we say we love? You shall love the Lord your God. You shall love. You will love. You will have to get to a place where you love the Lord your God. You love him. You stand for him. You defend the integrity of the cross. You go everywhere. And when people are speaking ill of Christ, the Christ and king of your salvation, you are able to stand and say, Hear, O Israel. You are able to look at people and tell them, you, you, you. The reason why we can't do that is because we don't love him enough. We have a lot of people who go to church, but very few people love God. We have a lot of people now in Ghana. We have about 70% of our population being Christians. But you ask yourself, can you experience the love of God on the streets of, of Accra? Even Accra. Streets of Ghana, do you, can you experience the love of God? Do you love God enough? That's why you can be a Christian on Sunday and a pagan on Monday. That's how you can be a saint on Sunday morning and be a clubber. On Sunday evening. That's how you can be all that you want to be on a Sunday. On Sunday, you come with your sanctimonious self. Very pious. You look well. You look elegant. You dress well. You dress very well. You look sharp enough. But when you leave um, the compound of the church and you get out there, some people can't even postpone a fight because they are coming to church. So when they need to pick a choir with somebody, they tell the person, oh, well, you hold on. I'm going to church. I'll come and meet you home. Because we have failed to love God the way he expects us to love him. If you love God enough, you will not even have a challenge worshipping him. You will not have a challenge living right. Because living right simply means you want to please him. And if you love somebody and you want to please him, why do you say you love God but don't want to please God? Why do you claim? Why do you want the whole world to know? You love God, but you, don't, you just don't want to please him. Is this what you call love? You can't love God and do your own thing. If you love him, there are things he expects you to go with. Jesus did not end there. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God. And he started explaining it to them. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Not a part of your heart. Some of us have a chamber 
for the world, a chamber for our material acquisitions. So, so we don't love God with all our hearts. We are obsessed with the world and we are forsaking the love of God. The reason why you can kill, the reason why you can destroy, the reason why you will undermine somebody to get to a position is because in your heart, the love of God is not there. People who truly love God, they are not gossips. Because a gossip is somebody who says things really to slander other people. So they have heard they are carriers of bad news. And a gossip will never be able to tell the person who is the subject of the conversation in the face what he has heard. So he will beat around the person and talk around the person. And the person will hear that this is the person who is... It's just like somebody who, who pulls people down. You have to be down to keep them down. And so the people who pull people down, they can never progress. And that is a problem. We have so many people who are in church and they, they are stuck in trade is gossip. Ask your neighbor, are you one of them? Can you tap your neighbors? Do you know that there are people that anything that happens in the choir, they are the first to know? They are the first to know whatever happens in the choir. They are the first to promote it. They, they can put it on Instagram, in their heart, Twitter, in their minds. They can put it in Facebook as far as their mindsets are concerned. So everything, about, if you want information, they are the go-to people. And it will amaze you. I've said it in church before. That if you go to any church and you are a gossip, it will not take long. You will know who the, the gossip in the church is. Because kindred spirit will always attract. The gossip will always attract the gossip. So the problem is not, I keep saying this. My challenge is not that they spoke about me. That is not my challenge. My challenge will never be that they talked about me. Your challenge will never be that they talked about you. My challenge has always been why they are comfortable talking to you about me. That is my challenge. So for them talking about me is not a problem. My, but my challenge is how that person was so comfortable talking to you about it. It tells me who you are, that you are a receptacle of bad news. And so they can find you and give you those things. It tells where your heart really is. Somebody who is always receiving gossips, and this one said, and this one said, it's the spirit of the person. Because there are people who you can't go and tell them I've heard. But there are people too, as soon as you hear, hey, now what? Yes, see, it's happened. It happens all the time. It's happening all around us. Why? Because the people who are in the church, not just the makers house, please don't get me wrong. Those who are in America, in Africa, in Europe, in Asia, people who are believers, we are finding, we are populating our churches, but very few of the church people are truly God lovers. Not many people love God. Not many people love God. Jesus said unto him that, okay, scribe, you are an investigator of the law. You are somebody who has written, you interpret, you explain it. When there are laws, you are the ones that will do the amendments. You do all of that. But if you really want to know the foremost, the premier law, it is to love the Lord your 
God. And when you are loving the Lord your God, you should love him with all your heart. It means that everything around you, everything in you, like David said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Let everything within me magnify. Praise the name of the Lord. You have to get to a place where everything about you loves God. In your heart, you love him. When you sleep, you love him. When you wake up, you love him. You want to do things. You are considering God first in all the things that you do. The reason why even the man called David, he was, uh, he, he was doing so many things that were not right. And yet in the book of Acts chapter number 13, the Bible says, I have found David my servant, a man who is after my own heart. Why did God say that? Not because the man was always remorseful, because God hates sin. And so you cannot say that the man will always go to God and tell God that God, I am sorry. No, this was the same man who said, how can I live in a palace whilst the house of God reigns and the ark of the covenant remains in a tent? A man that loved God who could place the interest of God, who could place the interest of God above his own interest. That is what God is expecting from us. If you are a believer in the kingdom in this day and age and you don't get yourself in a place where your love for God transcends beyond your love for yourself, you are not even there yet. The man called David said, I cannot be in a house when the ark of the Lord remains in a tent. That is a God lover. He could think about God. He knew that God will not rest or remain in, the, in anything that the hands of men had created. And yet, he knew that anything that represented God should be dealt with with respect, honor, and integrity. In our times, you ask yourself, even when you are going to God, if you, in your mortal, frail, weak self, if you have a date with a man or with a woman and you want to look your very best, and yet you are going to have a date with the lover of your soul, God, the King of Kings, and you can dress anyhow to church, it tells me how your love for him is. If you want to know how a man loves God or how a woman loves God, you should always check, one, their attitude towards worship. Number two, how they dress even in the house of God. If you check all these things, you can tell whether the person is a God lover or not. We have so many people who are in church in our day and age, but nothing about God moves them. When your love goes down, your questions go up. When your love goes down, the moment, you see, let me give, make it more practical. Those of you who are men here, when you met your wife, you were getting married and all of that, every bill the woman was bringing, you were paying without thinking. Oh, I need this. Oh, Enoa. Enoa pay. Is that all? Okay, take then they bring another bill. Is that all? Okay, take. So when you finally get her, when you get her, she becomes your wife. I need to go to the salon, but you just went there last week. You want to go there again? Somebody will say that, no, that time you are being rational. So what were you before? No. Now you think you have become complacent. And so you want to investigate everything. Investigation is not evil. But why are you not going on the same tangent? No, now you are complacent. You have it now. 
So you think she is there, she will be there. She's going nowhere. She's going to be there. So you start asking questions. Anytime your love for God starts going down, your questions start going up. You start asking, oh, but why that? Oh, but why? Why couldn't they allow um, I to sing, but why did they allow Steve? Why should Stephen be the one singing? I prefer Ike to Stephen. Or I prefer Stephen to Ike. Or I want another lady to sing instead of um, Adobia. Because at that time, what is happening is that there is an inverse relationship. If your love for God goes up, you don't have time for pettiness. Anybody you find to be petty in the house of God, his love for God is really low. Because if your love for God is up, you don't concern yourself with things that are irrelevant. We have problems because our love for God keeps dwindling. We don't love God enough. Oh, we are going to build. Let people give. Hey, but we gave last week. Well, you gave last week. Did you finish the building last week? So as long as the building is there, there will always be the need to ask you to give towards it. But if you were given, but you ate yesterday, you are eating again. So instead of you crying for lighter burdens, pray for stronger shoulders. That God rather bless me so that if your work needs it, I can give it to you. Because you don't love God, you are questioning why that is being done. It's amazing that that is the kind of generation we are. We don't have people. Jesus said you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind. It means that mentally you should be obsessed with God. Mentally. Do you wake up thinking about God? And God, I want to please you. Let the words of my mouth, let the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O God. Is that a prayer you say? When you wake up, the only prayer you say is that, God, I'm going out there, let me prosper and do well. You don't even love him enough. And so, you don't want to know whether you will please him or you wouldn't please him. David could say that, let the words of my mouth, let the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you. A God lover wants to please God. We live in a time where people don't want to please him because we don't love him. The fact that you are in church doesn't mean you love God. Because if you really love him, you will not fight your neighbor. If you really love God, when you come to church, you will block everything around you and concentrate even on him only. Whether people are worshipping or not, it doesn't really bother you because you know the love of your life. That's why they say that another, uh, one man's meat is another man's poison, right? So if they wouldn't want to praise and love and honor him, you know the relationship you have with him. And so you praise, you love, you honor him. You don't live your life. You don't relate with God based on the relationship others have with him. You have a relationship with God. That is what you are pushing. You love the Lord your God with all your heart. You love the Lord your God with all your mind. You love him with all your soul and you love him with all your strength. It means that everything you have, you should love God with it. 
you're a young man you're a young woman you live in this church you sit in this church you church in this place and you don't do anything in the house of god with the macho physique you have with the sharpness of mind you have you are smart he has blessed you with smartness with sharpness you are very good you can do so many things in the house of god but you won't touch it so your strength you are keeping it but you are failing to appreciate that he's the one who gave it to you and so if you don't please him with that it will be there will be a time that he will say that okay let me take it let me withdraw that from him and the king will never sustain a life that is not relevant to his kingdom if you are to love god you love him with all your strength with who you are the totality of your being everything that is about you you love god with it love god with your strength you have worked hard you have been able to do well you've been to school you have sharp analytical skills you are a good pr person you are a good um, facilities person and you are in church and things are not right and you can't even man up and say that i i, I cannot sit down and allow the work of god to go in this direction let me volunteer and also work it tells us how loving you are when it comes to god you won't go out there to evangelize the lost souls. Jesus came to die for the lost souls. For God so loved the world that he came to. Um, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus came to die so that people can have eternal life. And he said that we should go into the world and win people to this kingdom so that they will not perish. And yet, you find it even difficult to do that. Why? Because you don't love him. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. So the lover of God obeys God's commandments. If you truly love him, the commandments he has given you, you will obey them, you will follow them. But because we don't love God, we don't get there. We can't get there. We are so obsessed with ourselves. So obsessed with ourselves. A Muslim who was not a believer of our faith, Although he had his own spiritual persuasions why he came, had it not been through revelation, of course, I would have taken it. Came and said, all the things you are doing, the how much will the foundation cost? I said unto him, a million US. He said, I'm here to pay for it. You ask yourself, how many believers will even ask, the work that you are doing this week, how many bags of cement will you need even for the week? I want to pay for it. Do you know why? Because we are busily building things. We are building career, building families, building houses, building mansions, building things that we are even failing to appreciate that a time will come that your kids that you are building them for will not find them interesting. Your child will come and say that, ah, titi star with you, say And it will amaze you to know that that is even when you had a good child. But if you had a wayward child, they would sell it and gamble with the money. And when they gamble with the money, you would have lost everything. And yet people are having the revelation to even go out there and build for God. Why? Because after we are gone, generations will come who will still go and worship in that. And anytime they go there and they worship there, it will be an eternal memorial and it will be credited to your account. God wants us to get to a place where we put God first. He said the first thing is to love the Lord your God. I want you to tap your neighbor before I even bring the sermon to a close that you love him enough. I want your neighbor to 
um, do an introspection. And so tap your neighbor, shake that neighbor of yours and ask your neighbor, do you love God enough? You don't love God enough. You, you find everything about God. You have a questing for it. You have a reason not to do it because you don't love him enough. And so it is very difficult for you to be a tithe payer. It is very difficult. There are people, I know there are many people in this church who don't pay tithes. A lot of them. And they are still very people, people that I know. They come to me, we talk every time. There are people who will not pay tithes. There are people who don't even understand. Well, maybe one day I have to take my time and really explain to you, men of God, the principle of the first. People think that first fruit is just given, but it is the register for a new season. It is a register saying that I am present. If you look at the scripture. But because we don't love God, oh no. Oh give, no. Oh worship, no. And somebody is worshiping and the person is sitting by you. The person lies prostrate or the person kneels and you can look and tell in your heart. You can say in your heart that these guys are becoming too much. See how he's worshiping. Why are you the only person in church? Well, yes, he's the only person in church because you came to observe. He came to worship. And if you are not here to worship, allow the others who want to worship God to worship him in spirit and in truth. That's the problem we are having, people of God. We have to get to a place where you love God with your all, not some. Not a part of you. Not in, on some days. Maybe you love God on Mondays, Sundays, Fridays, and Saturdays, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you are on your own. No, you love God inside out. You want to be there for him. You want to please him. You want everything about you to be in his reverence and to honor him. You love God. Ask your neighbor, do you love him enough? Please be upstanding. Ask your neighbor, do you truly love God? When was the last time you did something for God? When was the last time you reverenced him? When was the last time you really expressed your love to him? The Bible is replete with stories of people expressing their love towards God. Their love. How do you express your love? That song, show your love. Ah. How many of you have heard that song before? Show your love. You've heard it before? The Nigerians, have you heard it before? You've never heard Show Your Love. It's a Ghanaian song. Show your love. How many of you have ever shown your love to a loved one? Not God, to a loved one. You love somebody and you've shown your love to the person. What did you do for the person? You took the person on a date? And you proposed, or you bought a car and blindfolded the person and say, Wah! <laughs> What did you do? You blindfolded the person and said, Oh, let's go, let's go. No. Should I open? No, don't open. Should I open? No, don't open. Should I open? No, don't open. Open. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, oh. Are you guys? 
So how many of you have showed love in that sense before? You've bought something for a loved one. Maybe for you, the only demonstration of love was credit you sent, but no problem. <laughs> how many of you have ever shown love before? You've demonstrated love. Those of you in the galleries, I want to see. How many of you have shown? I saw a hand at the far end. But yeah, how many of you have demonstrated love before? Oh, okay, demonstrated love. Okay, how many of you have never demonstrated love because you don't have emotions? You don't even know how love feels because you, you are... How many of you have never... As, okay, there's one person here has never demonstrated. There's one. No, wave your hands. I want to know. Just wave. Wave at me. Those of you who have never... Yeah, there's a lady down there who's waving. There's a gentleman here. You've never done anything like that before. Come. I want, I want to give you a high five. Come. Come, come. come, let me give you a high five. Come. I won't abuse you. Don't worry. Come. I'm waiting for you. Tell him to come. High five. You've never shown love before. Cowboy and cowboy. But well, it's, it's, I'm glad you are being honest. Because there are people who are indifferent. They don't know whether they've shown or not shown. How many of you are in, in the middle? You are caught in the middle of fire. You are in between. You don't know whether or what you showed. You don't know whether it was, was enough. or. But if you love somebody, you go all out for the person. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with your all. Listen, the people who were the forerunners and the patriarchs of our faith, they really loved God. At the peril of their lives, they loved God. Some of them were ready to die for the love of their lives. When they had an encounter with God in the midst or in the... They were staring death in the face and saying that, well, I will not forsake him. I will rather forsake the world and die than to forsake him. But we don't have people like that. We love ourselves too much. We are obsessed with ourselves. So we spend one hour doing the makeup, 15 minutes in worship in a day. It tells us who, where your love is. And Sana Beswa Wiginimpo. Before you fix the wig, I don't quite issue. No, what I mean is that we have our priorities wrong. Jesus said the most important of all the commandments is to love the Lord your God with your all. Tell somebody, love him with your all. And I want us to pray. Lift up your right hand. I don't know where your love gauge is.